This is Catherine. And this is Dad. And this is Philorian United. Ooh, I like how you say Philorian, like there's just one. Philorian disease. Yeah, like there's just Baylor's just standing there like, I'm united. <laughs> hey, happy holidays. Ooh. We're dressed up for Halloween right now, so this is weird because, sorry, I'm breaking the illusion. But we're recording this the day of Halloween. Yeah. Cat's a bunny, and I'm currently Harry Potter, although earlier today I was Canadian. And I'm going to be Olaf later. Yeah. I'm a bunny. For no reason. Like, we didn't actually go outside or anything. We're just dressed up in costumes. Because we can. Hiding in a fort and making a podcast. <laughs> we live our best lives. I agree. So, when when I looked at the theme of today and knowing that it was my turn to mm -hmm. talk, I look into first idea that came to my mind mm -hmm. was how I use distraction all my life. Because when I was in high school and even before that, I always was the girl that has the 10,000 projects mm -hmm. and had like all of those ideas that she would do. And if people needed help, she would do it too. You know, like yeah. I was that girl. You were Hamilton. I was Hamilton, exactly. And then I got diagnosed with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And and since then, I'm learning how to manage, manage my anxiety. Manage, you were at the first time. Manage my anxiety. And since then, I stopped doing 10,000 projects mm -hmm. and for a long while I was like, oh my God, it's like it's drowning me down and blah, 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 until I realized that it was a way for me to get distracted from my anxiety, from my coming up mm -hmm. depression and it was me not handling my anxiety well and just putting it in 10,000 yeah. things and then exploding because it was way too much for me. Yeah, totally. So for me, distraction came this thing that, I ended up using distraction as a good thing until the point where it was too much and I I needed to be looked after. But yeah, for me, that that's the first story I had about distraction. And I think that's really interesting for a couple of reasons. But like, one, because I, for me, right, we have different experiences, obviously. We're different people. What? Um, but I, uh, which I think I've spoken about before, but I have ADHD. And so like when I first think about distraction, I think about a teacher being like, Seth, pay attention. You know, like I think about <laughs> me being like, oh, there's a shiny thing. So I think it's interesting also that distraction can be a positive thing. And I know we were talking about this recently um, because you know, as you've mentioned before, um, you have anxiety and depression. And right uh, recently, you know, you've been dealing with the depression and like using like actively using distraction. So you'd be like, if I am not doing something, I'm going to sit around and just be sad all day. So I'm going to make a podcast or write a fan fiction or like make projects for myself or yeah. do things. And I think it's interesting because it's like, for me, the idea of distraction is not voluntary. It's like, I'm trying to do something, but my brain is thinking about something else. Uh -huh. It's a brain betrayal going back to our other thing. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, I think it's interesting to look at it from the perspective that it can also be a positive thing and also an intentional thing. Yes. It's really interesting. And I think we see both of those in, in this episode. Well, you know mm -hmm. I'm going to distract you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do our recap? Oh, shit. Ready? Uh, no. I have no idea what happened. It's been a day. Yeah, we have to re-record because I, I, I made a boo-boo. Yeah, we lost everything. Well, they usually we watch an episode and then immediately record after and i usually don't even remember right <laughs> after i've seen it and it's been a full day it's gone well i literally don't even remember what this episode was all right let's see what happens
Ready? Yeah. Go. Uh, so Julia's like, I want magic. I'm going to sleep with Pete for magic. And then she does that, and then she does a bunch of other shit. And then uh, Penny's like, hey, there's this girl. Oh, wait, Fillory's real. And then there's Welters. And then Margot looks cute in her Welters outfit. And then uh, Genji's there, Hunger Games, trying to get sponsors. Uh, Quentin's dad is sick, cancer puppy dies, we don't get a gay moment, we get a dead puppy instead, and it's really a bummer. Mm. Honestly, that was good. For someone that's, yeah, I don't remember, like, I yeah. mean... Okay, ready? Yeah. Set, go. So Julia basically is looking all around to have her magic back, and she ends up sleeping with Pete for that, and Pete is like, don't, don't tell James, and she was about to tell James, and he wiped her memory as he, she asked for his cone. And then uh, during that time, Quentin learned that her, his dad is about to have, uh, he has brain cancer and is mm-hmm. about to die, and he freaks out, and that fucks him up during Welters, where he almost explodes the whole school, and mm-hmm. Margot and Elliot are trying to have a uh, so let's talk about stuff there is we both look at the the same description in the mm. dictionary i think because i wanted to do a set and look in the dictionary no too. mine is different here here i'm gonna i think okay. mine are a little more concise so because we had essentially the same things uh the first sort of more generic definition that i could find was a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else which i really liked because it doesn't necessarily say whether that's on purpose or not you know that yeah. lends itself to both of those another one which i thought was interesting was mental or emotional disturbance mm-hmm. which is sort of like a more old-timey we don't really use it uh for that anymore co- colloquially just like speaking wise but i thought that was really interesting and also an activity you do for pleasure so just like you know which honestly i think we see all of those in the episode right. i was really yeah. when you suggest that team oh it's going to be hard and i saw it everywhere like it's really everywhere yeah, and what, you know, something that I thought was really interesting is as I was taking notes when we were watching the episode, I realized that I was seeing a lot of focus, like people focusing on things, super hyper focusing. Like we see Julia sort of being very focused on trying to find magic and, uh, you know, Quentin being focused on trying to, you know, help his dad. And I thought about how, like, I, I think that distraction and focus go hand in hand. I think a, a lot of times we think about them as like opposites, mm-hmm. right? Like focus, stop being distracted. Yeah. But sometimes I think that distraction can take the form of focus. And it made me think of, it's really interesting because like my form of ADHD is very much just like, oh, shiny thing. What was I doing? Like, I just was like, oh, there's two important things I have to say. And then you finish your sentence. And I was like, fuck, they're gone. <laughs> um, but uh, it's interesting because I have a childhood friend, uh, you know, we've been friends for a thousand years and I'm still friends with them. And they were diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. And for years, no one sort of believed like they were diagnosed as a child and their parents are like, nah, because they hyper focus on stuff. But it's like, that's actually another, it's really interesting. That's like another symptom of ADD. It's sort of another way to have I ADHD. really didn't know that. Yeah, it's, to really, tell me. it's really fascinating. Honestly, neither did I. Like my friend was like, I think I have ADHD. And I was like, no, you don't. Because you're not like me, and I'm the only way to be ADHD. Like, literally, sort of my, my quintessential story with them is one time in high school before they were diagnosed, you know, they were reading a comic book. It was a manga because we were that kind of nerd then. And so they're sitting there reading a manga, and I was like, you know, talking about my boyfriend or whatever thing I was mad about for like 15 minutes. And they look up, and they're like, did you say something? 
Like they were that focused on the book that they literally had no idea what was going on around them. And I think about like how that kind of, how focus can be a distraction Uh is really, you know, it's really interesting to me. Yeah. And I think we see a lot of parallel between Julia Julia and Quentin Mm -hmm. having the same kind of problem and reacting the kind of same way, but having different consequences. The last time we recorded this, I realized that they're just Draco and Harry. (laughs) They're like the same person, but one had like the darker path and one had like the more up, you know, upright path, and we're seeing like how. Are you saying that Draco will be a goddess once? I mean, I'd support goddess Draco. <laughs> Someone draw that for me, please. <laughs> well, you think mm. we'll be uh, cool enough to yeah, have fan art? We, hopefully, by now we'll in the future, we'll be cool enough that people want to draw shit for us. Well, you're already cool enough that people draw things for you. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think I think there's definitely a lot with Julia in this episode as far oh, as yeah. distraction I think yeah for me like the what the first thing that she, we see we kind of see her uh with James is she uh, she makes him like food and she act like mm. oh I was just doing my my school work and the episode before she she like lied to him mm-hmm. saying uh, she was doing the narcotics anonymous the narcotics anonymous thank you so I think that she was distracting him from like she knows that she's going yeah. to a rabbit hole right now yep. so she's distracting him from the, her craziness by acting the way he want her to act and I think. That's the first, like, red flag for Julia to know that, like, oh, my God, you're you're that bad. So, you know what's interesting that I was thinking about? Because, obviously, James doesn't know that the thing is magic. But for James, the distraction is magic. Like, the the thing that, like, Julia is distracted by this thing, yes. whatever this thing is. But for Julia, really, James is the distraction from magic, yep. I think, which is interesting. And also, she's a really good example. Julia is a great example of this hyper-focus to the point where it's, like, bad. You know what I mean? She's so distracted with the idea of like, I have to get magic. I have to find magic that she's doing things that are not safe. She's like making some bad choices, like starting invisible fire in her apartment or like sleeping with people for spells. Like, And Elliot laughed about that like two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not about her, but about no, sucking some, someone. Yeah. Sucking off her. She has a goal and she, uh, I, I think Jasper said that, mm. that she's the kind of person that has a goal and will destroy everything in, around yeah. her to have a goal. And she tries to keep, to have James as an anchor to like, yeah, but I'm not that bad. I, at first when I was a nerd, not uh, affirmed, yeah. I was like, at least I'm not playing D&D. And now I'm hosting a podcast <laughs> about it. So Yeah. yeah. But yeah, totally. When you have that one thing where you were, so you can be like, oh, well. At least I have at, that. At least I, yeah, totally. I think that's the first time that we see Julia without a safe net. A safety net? Like once James is white. Well, because Pete calls her out saying, James cannot know you because he doesn't know the important thing about you. And, and she kind of dismissed him. Like he said, like, oh, I called you and I knocked and you didn't even have an yeah. answer, you and, know? And what's so interesting about that is that, again, we have this parallel where she wants to tell James and then James gets his memory wiped and mm-hmm. Quentin is able to tell his dad yeah, that he has That is something because, like, mm-hmm. Quentin is telling his dad and his dad is like... Okay, but he seemed to take it well because yeah. after that, like, we don't really see the ad direct aftermath, no, but, but yeah, we get the impression that I it's mean, fine. he keeps talking to Quentin because we've seen scenes after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think his relationship with Quentin is better after that. Yeah, meanwhile, we don't know how James will have react, and I think, like, from what we saw of James, he seemed like a cool I guy. I wish we saw more of him, but so 
what I think is interest, interesting about this is that, and we don't know the details of like the show canon, but in a book canon, like James and Julianne Quinton are like childhood friends. And we at least have some kind of, they've been together for a, over a year, I would yeah. say from yeah. what we've been given it, we can assume that. But when it was Marina, Marina has her memory wiped. Like it's this big deal that it's that they're like, oh, it's so much that you've been here for four years or how, you know, whatever. It's almost four years, three and three quarters mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, you know, that like we have to take all of those memories. But then when it's James, they can just erase her from the memory. And yeah, also Marina can do that. That's something that like uh, is for me. It's so weird because. If mm-hmm. she has been with James for so long, probably had like met his yeah. parents. Oh, this is the thing that you were. Yeah, yeah. this is what you were saying. Yeah, and it, exactly. Yeah. It, she met his parents. They have friends. Like people in don't, common. Yeah, they're gonna be like, "I was Julia," and he's gonna be like, "Who?" Exactly. Like, <laughs> like they would have to wipe the, everyone. The fact that they yeah. could wipe Julia. That well, I know that Marina is strong enough to do that because it's it's, okay. it's it's a known spell. The okay, thing is but, that but they have to get a specialist to do it at, at Breakbill. Yeah. They have someone who specializes in that. I'm sorry, but I don't think a fourth year student could just do that. I think Marina is powerful enough. She, she, she I don't know. I, I, it's a bit like uh, Alice. You see, I could see Alice doing it. Yeah, but like not well, not well enough to be able to do something that people at break bills couldn't. Well, we don't know how James end up. That's the thing. <laughs> we don't know like the effect. Maybe James is gonna end up having amnesia or like yeah. everything's gonna be erased. We don't know the long term effect of our spell. We just know that at this yeah. moment but also, he like, doesn't remember. He remembers him. enough that he's going to his regular scone place. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like at know. the beginning. I- I'm not defending Marina. I just think that we don't know No, it's not Marina, it's the writers. I ha- I feel like this is a writer hole for me. Oh yeah? I feel like yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, it, does it, this it, need to be our next vote? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is shown in the first season that they wanted to put as much of the book in mm-hmm. the because they didn't know they had. Uh, we're gonna have a second season. Exactly. They didn't. They didn't know if they were renewed. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the second and the third season, we see that like they know they're gonna get renewed or they're trying to get mm-hmm. renewed, so they don't care about elongating plots. Boy, yeah. And like some holes can be refilled. Like they are a thing that happen in the second season the first season that is apparently is gonna be shown in the fourth season because right now we didn't see anything yeah but we saw a picture of um uh summer who do margo in her welters Welters, yeah so i think she just likes that outfit no they say that it's gonna be revisited maybe she just likes that outfit she's cute in that outfit we both have that outfit yeah (laughs) we're the best kind of okay um back to julia i think also, um, there was one last thing that I had here. Did it, oh, that she, I think it's so interesting that she's sh- so distracted by this pursuit of magic that we would imagine, right, that like James and Julia are like texting or like, I don't know, like I'm in a couple, like we text all the time. Yeah. Or even if it's just like, get some milk, come over to my place, whatever. Or just a meme. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, so I think that it's it says so much that Julia does not even notice until she sees James mm-hmm. that something is wrong with him. Because it's not like Marina did that right before he walked into the coffee shop, probably. Yeah, well, she said I texted you, but still. But, like, uh, that to me is still, like, like the fact that she didn't know something, like, that their relationship is at such a point and she's so somewhere else. I agree you know? that, like, their, their relationship was already so broken that, yeah. like, he didn't answer. Okay, he didn't answer. Yeah, like exactly. she come there like, hey, I texted you. 
You know, like it was not like, hey, I texted you and you didn't answer. Not even even to say that she should be like that, but it's like, okay, so you're speaking so infrequently that you texted him once in an evening. You hadn't talked that whole, uh, because I'm imagining this maybe happened the day before. Yeah. You know, so you hadn't spoken for a whole evening with no explanation or anything and like that was fun. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. So, yeah, I definitely, like you were saying, I feel like there's a lot of um, similarities between what's going on with Quentin. Yes, a lot happened. Well, what I like about Quentin arc in this episode is at first he's distracted ab- uh, about his real life with magic <laughs> with brick bills he asks like oh what's gonna happen with julia blah 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 he's trying spell when he learned about mm-hmm. welters now he learned his dad is gonna die mm-hmm. and now brick bill is distracting him from the real life of his dad dying and it's when later when penny come back with a feeler is real that his interest to magic will come back and yeah. his like real life will distract him. So I like that we see him get distracted by the thing that was not distracting before and we how it can change yeah, how in life. How different things can be yeah. the distraction. Yeah, totally. Uh, one event will change everything for you. Totally. And, and it's not and it's not just again, I feel like there's this idea like, oh, there's things you're supposed to focus on, right? But schoolwork can be a distraction. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when I'm like, I should take a shower, but I'm going to conjugate French verbs instead. Like schoolwork <laughs> is the distraction. See, for me, I was doing everything but my schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on the bus like, must conjugate verbs. <laughs> but um, I, I had that question for you. I was wondering about Ted, which is Q's dad name. Mm-hmm. Why did he t- chose that moment to tell him? Because, I mean, he seemed to know enough of the progression of his cancer and have enough talk with his doctor to know have known it for a while. Okay, so to me, this seems kind of like, you know, if, if I go to the doctor and my doctor's like, you might have cancer, but we have to run some tests for like, you have a tumor. I'm not going to go to you and be like, I have a tumor. I, I hope might... I'm your wife. Well, Okay, that's different. Fine. If I had children or like my mother, for example, I wouldn't call my mother and be like, I have a tumor. It might be cancer, but I'm not sure. And worry her for something that could be nothing. So to me, it just seems like he did his homework and, you know, went to multiple doctors and had tests and made a decision about what he was going to do with, you know, with his, you know, not taking medication or with his treatment. And then, you know, to me, it was just like, I don't want to worry my kid. Before mm. I know it's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they talk about the fact that they're not talking, right? Like, Quinton went to school and he hasn't really visited talk, or yeah. done, you know, it literally took his dad dying. I think this is, is this the first time. They talk since then, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, because, and I think my sort of theory is that, right, we see how Quinton handles things because anxiety is just like, ah, like, right with Julia, when Julia was like, Hey, I didn't get into that school. Tell them a thing for me. He was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then he just totally avoided it. And I feel like he wants to tell his father that magic is a thing and that Mm -hmm. he's doing magic because I think he's really close to his dad. We get that. I get that impression. And I think that he doesn't like the idea of like having, he doesn't know how to be around his dad and not talk about it. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, I'm just going to ignore it. Yeah, I think that's a coping mechanism of him. Avoiding of what is scares. Uh, scared about or yeah, like what totally. can be can end up being a confrontation mm-hmm. and that's why I'm, I'm I was I kind of roll my eyes like this but like Ted is telling you like oh I know you're not taking your med blah 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 it's not okay mm. and then 
it tells Q that it, like Q will learn later that he doesn't even take his own meds. He decided not to get treatment, and I think it's not okay for for Ted to say take your meds, but I won't take mine. I think that's, I don't know. I disagree. I think it's very different. I think that treatment for a terminal illness is very different than treating something like anxiety or depression where, right, like Quentin has has been on the same medication or medication for a period of time where like he knows like, hey, when I take this medication, it helps me. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is a person with a terminal illness who is like, I don't want to try a bunch of experimental treatments. Mm-hmm. And like that maybe might make me more sick or worse. In fact, that's what happened to my friend's mother-in-law, mm-hmm. like who was diagnosed with cancer and was on experimental treatments. And one of the experimental treatments killed her. Yeah. That's what killed her, not the cancer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I can understand from the point of view of someone, I mean, obviously I don't have, I don't have terminal illness. So I, you know, I don't have that experience, but I can imagine why, you know, making that decision is a little bit different than like, here's something that is definitely going to help me and I can take it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like they said, hey, Ted, here's a pill that's going to fix your cancer or this is definitely going to help you, Mm -hmm. you know, because really the treatments for cancer, even if you do something like chemo, like, but I guess what I'm saying is I think there's a big difference there. I don't think it's hypocritical for him not to take medication. Okay. Well, it's not that he's not taking it. It's it's telling his son he should take his when he doesn't take it. He didn't, though. He didn't say that. He actually said... You're, you know, you're still, I know that you checked your, like, you're still on our insurance, so, my insurance, so, like, I know that you checked yourself into a mental hospital, and I, and I, your medication's coming here, so now you're not taking it, and he literally says, I'm not judging you. I just, you know, like, are you okay? Oh, okay. He do, you know, he doesn't yeah, say, take yeah. your medication. But before we continue, it's time for our ads. Coming up this January, a new The Magician D&D podcast is coming up your way. I mean, I feel like the easiest way to sum it up is pretty much it's like Dungeons and Dragons, except instead of dungeons, it's break bills, and instead of dragons, it's um, young adult magicians with questionable mental stability. Dungeons and Dragons, the magicians, gay kids with boots, this podcast has it all. Follow the adventures as four original characters, learn about magic, their specialty, and go on an adventure and learn more about who they are as magicians. There's magic, there's suspense, and maybe even a little bit of betrayal in there. Or not. You just have to listen and find out on Further Than Fillery, the podcast. A D&D style game that explores the world of the magicians. Tune in and discover magic. All of this and even more will be available to you on January 2nd. And I mean, also there are dragons sometimes, but that's another story. Florian United is now proudly affiliated with Blurb, a company that believes in the power of book making, reading, sharing, and selling. You can either publish your photo book, your magazine, or even your own book. We have a special deal for our listener. If you go to bit.ly blurb35 and you sign up, you get to have 35% off and free shipping. So go there already to print either your favorite memories in a photo book or a magazine or a book. And don't forget to use the link bit.ly blurb35 in order to get your 35% off and your free shipping. I'd like to also talk about, uh, and that is everyone, um, mm-hmm. Penny and Margot included, how they use distra- humor as a distraction 
Totally. Um, because when they tr- when something happens and they don't know what to handle or they don't want to handle it, they will joke. And I have three examples about that. Uh, the first is him being told by his mentor, like, oh, uh, I know what you are. I'm like you. And it's going to go take you to an early grave. And Penny, see what? Peace. Uh, Pisces? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, it, it, like, he used that as a deflection mm-hmm. and a distraction to not talk yeah. about and like his, his, his mentor has to get angry at him yeah. for him to talk about it there's also Quentin who is like super bummed up after Welters mm-hmm. and Margot being like the amazing friend that she is telling him hey I get that you're sad but you can't let that turn you down because you're gonna be sad forever and like magic runs on pain that's why you ended up having this amazing spell like use this mm-hmm. pain to your advantage instead of letting you taking you d- yeah. down and Quentin said, oh, that's a shit system. Can it go, should it run about love, cocaine? cocaine?" And honestly, that's one of my favorite quotes of the show. But he tried to distract Margot while she's calling his bullshit. And also when uh, Genji is telling to Elliot and Margot, I don't want to work with you, you're way too much for me. (laughs) Oh, I thought of another one. And they they are like, oh, it's fine. We're going to start our own bed and breakfast. And like, that's how they they, they comfort each other. They use humor as a distraction of a bad feeling, of something that they fear. I think humor is often a defense mechanism. I always think about there. This is before I was born, but it's like one of those stories that my parents told so many times that I just feel like I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, When my grandmother passed away, they were all sitting around, you know, like uh, my family and including my great aunt. Um, And they were all sitting around and they were just like crying and like after like a couple of minutes of everyone just sitting around crying my aunt looks up and goes where does snot come from (laughs) (laughs) you know and like everyone laughed and whatever yeah yeah, but I think that and I mean I know I also do that a lot like personally um that's a coping mechanism for me but and I don't think that's necessarily again I feel like that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah it's like a form of distraction it can be when it's like you're using humor to not deal with stuff Uh but i think it can also be a good thing when it's like yeah this is a shit system and there's nothing we can do about it let's pretend it can run on love and cocaine (laughs) like and hug it out because there's nothing we could do no you know oh i know what the other example was ted also when when they're talking you know and and he's like can you stop talking about brain cancer like Like it's it's brain brain cancer cancer. (laughs) you know again it's like this man is like dying of a terminal illness and he's like I don't want my son to be sad. He's making a dad joke. <laughs> Fucking dads. And uh, by the way, Taz, uh, speaking of Ted, can I do my uh, movie nerd moment? Oh, yes. <laughs> so when Gosh. Quentin come back to uh, Ted, he's sleeping in front of a, a movie and it's Jurassic Park. How do you even know that? Come on, we see the scene. But he's, uh, basically, it's the moment in the first... Uh, the first episode, mm-hmm. no, the first movie. <laughs> first episode of Jurassic Park. <laughs> so the first movie, uh, basically the Tyrannosaurus Rex is coming out of it. The, the children are about to a- get eaten and one of the adults take a flare and wave it and the mm-hmm. Tyrannosaurus Rex is distracted and start to run at the adult and the kids are safe. And I think that's a bit what Quentin does with his dad. Like by showing him magic, he's showing a flare. Like he has the cancer, gonna eat him. But with the flare. <laughs> But uh, and at the end, like the the cancer is the dinosaur, and it's gonna still still be hard on him. But for a moment, I'm gonna distract you and show you I'm a magician, mm. and maybe on that we can build something and go back to what we you want yeah. us to be. And I don't know. Even uh, you asked me uh, when we recorded the first time, like, do you think they they really 
no, or they just put whatever. And I truly like, did they actively choose to put Jurassic Park in there? And people like Cat were like, we got to put this in. Well, or were they just like, I love Jurassic Park? I'm going to say what my first uh, cinema teacher said. Who gives a fuck if they did or no? It's there. And then we can analyze it the way we want. Yeah, but I'm but ju- I, I, do- I know that, but I'm just very curious if they actively did that, like well, if it was an active choice. Creepy. Hey, if anyone who makes those choices listens to this, let me know. Yeah, because I'm a creepy <laughs> person and I follow you on Twitter. <laughs> they seem to be aware enough mm-hmm. that they will put it there. But honestly, yeah, if any of you knows about this, I'm really, really curious. So something else with Quentin that I find interesting is because a lot of the times, right, we see, you know, something hard happens and either Quentin or, or, you know, other characters, whoever, are trying to distract themselves from that serious or bad thing that happened. But here we have his dad is diagnosed with terminal cancer. And instead of distracting himself from that, he is hyper-focusing on it, which I find so interesting. And I wonder if... You know, instead of saying like, oh, I'm going to distract myself with welters and not think about the fact that my dad's dying. He's so focused on on this and trying to fix his dad. And I feel like like maybe this is a way to make up for fucking up with Julia or make up, you know, I wonder if he's like not make up for it. But like, I wonder if he because in the beginning, he's all worried about Julia. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if like being able to fix something he wants to like actively fix something well we know that uh well the the, the episode is called minor and ma- major mending and uh it's quentin specialization mm-hmm. and Quint- which you know we never actually learn in the series no, but we we do in the book and also we have talked about it in the in an, another episode that quentin needs to fix like that's why he helped Julia that's why like so uh, and, and no, uh, that, Alice, uh, Alice and when like he just met her and he decided to help her with her brother like, yeah whatever let's do a summoning you seem cool yeah exactly <laughs> and I think that's that's why he tried with his dad because I agree that he know he fucked up with Julia <laughs> yeah and he's like okay I already lost connection with someone because of magic I won't let it happen and, again and I wonder if some way if it's a distraction from what's going on with Julia too. oh most likely you know most likely, yeah. Both like a, a distraction and sort of a, what do you call it? Like when you do something to make up for something. Words are hard. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I find that that kind of choice really interesting. Your bunny ears are on backwards. <laughs> distraction! There you go. Also, I, I like, there's something that, that happened at the end of the episode that I really like. And mm-hmm. it's like a, a small moment that I always look at like, oh, it's cute. But I think it has a lot of meaning. During the whole episode, Alice is grieving about her brother. She said like, look, he was there like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And we can see she's in pain. And at the end of the episode, she tells Quentin like, oh, I heard about your dad. Can we fix him? First question, can we fix him? Because she's the kind of person that wants to have an answer. Well, I think it's so interesting, right? We totally see that, you know, with when they try to bring Charlie and she, Charlie back. And she's like, okay, but we did all of the things right. Uh-huh. And it didn't work. She's very logical. She's very, like, formulaic. It's like, well, A and B equals C. And, like, that's it. Yeah. And and so for her, she's like, okay, how can we fix the thing? Exactly. And Quentin say, no, I yeah. we can't because he just killed the puppy because of that. <laughs> Which rib cancer puppy? Oh. It's the first time we're gonna see Alice lower her wall, 
and mm, taking like yeah. I, I, being near his hand and say like it's gonna be okay and it's not a, it's gonna be okay as someone that is cold and is scared mm. she just heard from genji this is the place where you can learn and discover who mm. you are so i really think that this is the first moment we see who alice is she's letting her wall yeah. down and she's like okay let's try this friendship thing well, and i think that it helps her right to both forgive and connect with him because of the fact that he is now losing someone as well uh-huh. and there's this sort of like understanding in a way with what happened to charlie she's like all right fine i guess i'm less mad at you for putting my brother <laughs> in a tiny box <laughs> can we talk about penny oh my gosh so much he has like his own little page okay um, well i have one thing about it can i say it? basically penny um bring quentin back to like focusing on magic by show by showing him he went to fillery mm. and in the first episode we see eliza say to the dean uh we need penny and well we need those two to be focused and to be to learn magic and she she's talking about penny and quentin Did we know that yes and in the second episode after that she talks about penny and quentin okay okay so like she wants both of them and i think that's because one without the other they cannot find fillory like penny is the one that's gonna is the enabler the one that's gonna discover fillory but quentin is the one that's going to go because in the 39 timeline that we have seen right now this is the 40th quentin is the only one that always went okay yes thought i just was thinking about the fact that right we don't know this now currently but um that we know that penny read the the fillory book and then destroyed it yeah the the manuscript really in that whole book they didn't mention that crest or something like that crest that he would have been like that's fucking weird it was in that weird book i read no because it's it was a manuscript a written manuscript that it, it, yeah but there might be be a description about like touching a crest you know what i mean or like seeing in a visual description i mean we don't know what's in it so no but i don't know that, I, i mean like in the seven is in the seven book of harry potter they don't describe hogwarts we know what hogwarts look yeah but like umber and ember are I don't know. I don't know. I, I have some questions about that. But my my other thing is that I also think it's really interesting that like Penny is the first one who sort of like has a mystery about Fillory. Like is yeah. is the one who sort of leads him to Fillory, and he's the one who fucking destroyed the book that could have helped him. What an asshat! Hey, it's true. No flower for him today. <laughs> But yeah, I never thought. I never thought about that. And I and I don't know. I so find, don't I, destroy books. I find I don't think fate is a thing in that that uh, universe. I don't think they believe or it's a thing. But we know the gods are playing with them, and it's a bit like Doctor Who. There's fixed point in time mm-hmm. where something have to happen. Yeah, and it's a bit like. Quentin has to be old in order to give the key to to Way, yeah. to James to to get the, the the clock to get him to kill the beast. Oh boy. We'll talk about it when I, I'm, I'm nose bleeding. But I think Penny finding Fillory is a fixed point. Now, if he found it through Victoria, I'm not sure because this seems mm. even like for the dean, it seems like that Victoria <laughs> thing seems weird. But um yeah I think Penny has to find Fillory and has to tell Quentin. I do think that. So I I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about the, the whole situation with Penny especially with the theme of distraction because I think it's really interesting that in in the beginning right like the voices are a distraction. Like he's trying to like live his life and there's all these voices whether it's the beast or other yeah. you know people and I think it's so fascinating to me that he chooses to focus on Victoria's voice um because 
I mean, I can't imagine that he's never heard someone cry for help or need something. He's hearing all the voices of everybody going, you know what I mean? Like, well, we are in brick bills, and, like, even when he's... He, he, Quentin was there. It was like, can you put walls, please? I'm going to show you all. Like, people in Brickville know to have mental wards. Like, I think that's what first he was attracted to Katie yeah. because she has those strong mental yeah, walls. But if he's... So I, I, I think that, like, having maybe, like, hearing less and less <laughs> like, voices... Babe, your mental walls are hot. <laughs> um, but uh, also, also, like, having uh, hearing less and less voice when someone scream. But, like, if he's hearing her all the way from Fillory, you're going to tell me he can't hear anyone from anywhere else? Well, maybe that's because they're, they're Link as travelers. Oh, maybe, but... I think it's that. That's, Maybe it's like she's sending her thoughts to to somewhere, yeah, like to like the universe. <laughs> I'm imagining like a little a little traveler like switchboard, like someone's putting the little <laughs> things in the holes. But anyway, so I I think it's really interesting that he is trying to to save Victoria or focus on that that voice that he's hearing right who later we find out is Victoria to like make up for fucking up with the beast mm-hmm. and letting the beast in and and also like I mean you think you feel guilt I mean yeah I mean I don't know if Penny feels that's up for debate <laughs> does Penny feel he does um, he just don't want to uh, our boy doesn't know how to process emotions. It's fine. None of them do. Ugh, that's like a whole yeah, that's bonus therapy. bonus content. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, but I think it's interesting that I so I feel like he's trying to you know almost ignore the beast, get away from the beast by uh-huh. focusing on another voice, and then that voice leads him to the beast. Oh, that's true. Like he runs so far away, that, and then that it, he gets there, and the beast is like, "Sup?" And he's like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, I, uh, during this first direct quote. Yeah. Do you think that the beast took Victoria as a bait for Penny or as a bait for Quentin? I think it's a bait for Penny to go to Quentin. Oh, that's a great question. I didn't think he did it for anything. I just thought it, it was because he's a dick and he likes no, snatching I, people I, up. I, I think he did it for Penny to go to Quentin for them to try to go to Fillory and that's where he's going to kill them. Okay, but side note, how is Victoria there if she has that tattoo, the anchor tattoo? That's another thing I'm not sure to understand. Because she has the anchor tattoo. Yeah, we see it in this episode. But we also will know later that she's, got, she's, she's the, the one, one that... She traveled them there and yeah. she travels after this. So somebody somebody on the production crew wants to just... Uh, Tell us. Love. Anyone? <laughs> Does anyone know? Did a makeup artist just get real happy and was like, hey, "Everyone gets tattoos today." You get a tattoo. You get a tattoo. Calm you down. get a tattoo. And they're like, "Go home, Oprah. This isn't your show." Speaking um, speaking of tattoo, um, I thought you were gonna say Oprah. I was really excited where this was going. <laughs> oh. Speaking of tattoo, um, I love that uh, Julia when she tries to go to the second mm. safe house, uh, someone is like, oh, "Show me your tattoo," because she want to learn their spell, and she's like, "I'm gonna show you something better." Because she knows her tattoo or mark as a band, so she she do that like cloud spell, Ooh. and they were like, "Oh shit!" But I like that how she used her skill in order to distract the the yep. safe house. I don't know. I I I think that's why Julia can be dangerous because <laughs> she's so really smart. Like that's a fucking clever move to do. Yep. Also, just like. Acting like you fucking know what you're doing mm-hmm. in any given situation is just how you can get away with shit. Yep. Um, but so something that I found really interesting sort of tie things up at the end of the episode was when Dean Fogg and um, I think there's also some of this when Quentin is having the conversation with the podiatrist when, in both of those situations. They're talking about how fixing, you know, like fixing small problems is a way to distract yourself from the fact that we can't even as magicians fix all of the big problems. Yes. And I, 
I don't know. I just sort of resonated with me, um, especially just sort of like, I feel like in general, as humans, we do that a lot of times. We like try to do small things because we know like we can't fix world hunger or like not letting things be forgotten is the small way of not fixing things. But like, if we can't, you know, do anything about a tragedy that happened or something that's going on, like that's a small way. So yeah, I I think in general, that's like a thing that we do a lot Yes, is to sort of like distract ourselves from the fact that we can't fix the big problems. It's like fixing small problems and I, or like trying to bring attention to small, not that that's, but you know what I mean? Well, I, I, th- I don't think it's a bad thing though. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I think it's another example of a good distraction, a positive distraction. Yeah, I think that yes, like Yes, if I could, believe me, I would say world hunger. Fix world hunger. Yeah. Stop world hunger. Stop world hunger. Give everybody a and sandwich. And make, make everyone not go to war and that, yeah, all those yeah. stuff. But like, it, you can't, okay? It's not how the world works. We we have to be pragmatic. Okay, what in my life, in my world... And of course, like, world, yes, there are small actions that can yeah. maybe help eventually lead to that thing. But like, you, Catherine, are not going to wake up and go be like, I'm going to fix world hunger today and then come back and be like, great, where's dinner? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not Katniss, you know? <laughs> but uh, I think that it's by doing small things that you can go to bigger things. And I think, yes, you see, it's a, it may be a distraction for the bigger thing. Like, yes, okay, Fuller is dying right now and the beast is a, is an asshole. But maybe at the end, by helping Victoria, they end up to, to mm. Fillory and they end up killing the beast. So one other thing that, uh, that you just reminded me of with Fillory is that, right, we, we know that early on, um, you know, his whole life, essentially, Quentin has been using the Fillory books as a distraction from, yeah. you know, his mental health and whatever else is going on in his life. Um, and I think it's really interesting that that distraction then becomes so important because he's now the one who, like, Penny's like, look at this nice drawing. And he's like, I fucking know what that is. Yeah. And then his Fillory nerd, become it becomes so important. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to come off like I'm one of those like everything happens for a reason people if you're one of those people sorry I just said it in a mocking tone um but like I think that it's interesting how like right if Quentin I'm sure that there were times in Quentin's life where he's like I wish I didn't have anxiety or depression but like if he didn't have depression he might not have sought solace in the Fillory books and then like he wouldn't have had the information that he yeah. needed to deal with the rest of his existence pretty much so i think it's interesting how in some ways i think that there are i think it's more like a fixed points in time thing mm-hmm. but like i think that there are some things where it's like huh all of those pieces fall into place really well yeah well it's a bit like and you hear hear me that thousands of times but mm-hmm. i never wish my worst enemy to have depression but mm-hmm. i'm happy i got depression but because it got me into this fandom that is the magician it made you you yeah it made me me it made me like exp- uh, like introspect myself go to therapy meet mm-hmm. people talk about stuff that I will never I mean, have we probably wouldn't have met mm-hmm. probably not well, oh we did a penny we were running so far away from people on tumblr that we met our, our <laughs> we met each other I was about to say we met each other on tumblr yeah oh. we're cute yeah we're penny I'm confused <laughs> but what I'm, I want to say is like I think also there's a difference between an action and what Quentin is. You cannot get rid of Quentin anxiety. You can make Penny not hear Victoria. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference, I think. That, yes, uh, Penny hears Victoria and he want to fix things. With Meanwhile, Quentin is distraction. Like, he is depressed and use Fillory as a distraction. Mm-hmm. Like, I used Harry Potter and I'm, like I'm using the magician as a distraction. But it's not something that we can remove from him, otherwise he wouldn't be Quentin. 
Mm, yeah, totally. So, like, is it a distraction when it's part of the person? Hillary or depression? Both. I don't think depression is a distraction. That's fair. Um, but I don't. I don't know. That got really serious. This got though. very confusing. I don't know what we just said. I'm sad. I'm hungry. So, uh, in, in, you know, in the time of, uh, for example, Cyrano that we saw last night, <laughs> plays such as those, uh, you know, it'd be a good performance. You'd be like, Cyrano, you and your nose were great. And you'd throw some flowers mm-hmm. at Cyrano. Uh, and, you know, if there was a performer you didn't like so much, uh, instead you would throw the vase at them. And I just always imagine this, like, like with uh, Avatar, Last Airbender style, like the cabbages guy. My there. cabbages! Like the, the poor, like, guy who made all these fucking pots. Like, yeah. stop throwing my vases! So, that's another fan art. Yes, please. One. Hopefully we're cool enough. Somebody <laughs> draw that for me. I am going to give my flower to Gerald, a.k.a. Cancer Puppy. Because this puppy has been alive for over a hundred years and has had to deal with all these fucking a holes. <laughs> a bunch of like essentially a fucking Fred who's like, look, it's a puppy, it's an old puppy. <laughs> um, and my vase, uh, I am going to give to Pete. Because fuck you. <laughs> because he's like, sleep with me for spells, even though Juliet, whatever. I don't like him. And he's very like, oh, your boyfriend, let's run away together in the desert. Your boyfriend's dumb. I'm going to erase his memory, but not technically me. I'm going to tell Marina so she can do it. I don't, fuck you, Pete. Whatever color your hair is. Fuck you. I'm going to give my flower to Alice, mm-hmm. who actively know that uh, Elliot and Margot are kissing her ass so she can, be, they can, she can say a good word with Genji. And she doesn't scream at them. She, do, she just had this, like fake smile and say I'm gonna see what I can do about it but she's not she could be so mad at them and is not and even like when Elliot come back later and and say like no I'm not here for Genji I'm here Mm -hmm. for you like she gave him a chance so honestly uh, you go Alice to pull up with that thing because she has to live with the name Quinn which is a fucking hard thing and she's taking it with grace maybe it's just that once someone puts your brother in a box like it puts everything else in perspective (laughs) that's not so bad yeah exactly (laughs) and i'm gonna give my vase i wanted to give it to pete too so to genji Oh, eh? Yeah, because she knows from the beginning she doesn't want to do it. But she, like, <laughs> make, make them do, like, cupcakes and give them, like... She didn't make them. No, but, like, she... She's she, she, leading them on. <laughs> she's leading them on to have gifts, to have, like, what she wants, because she likes being wanted. And when it's time to choose a mentor, she's like, no thanks. But honestly, like, it's clear from the beginning that she doesn't want to yeah. do anything about her about them, and she should have told them instead of leading them on. Use your face words. And like honestly, <laughs> this has been Philorian United, and we are now in the gratitude corner where we want to thank Harry Potter and the Sacred Text as well as Spirits, two podcasts that not only inspired us but also helped us start this project. We also want to thank. All our patrons that have been helping us running the show, such as the lovely Elliot. 
if you want to join the Foo Fighters, just go on patreon.com dash United. All sorts of goodies as well as audio bonuses for each episode. You can follow us on Tumblr and Facebook at United as well as on Twitter at Florian. Please review us on iTunes to help others find the show and help us grow. If you have any thoughts, haikus, angry letters, no, not angry letters, please don't send that. <laughs> Email us at philorianunited at gmail.com. Join us next episode where we're going to talk about the theme of vulnerability. Until then, we wish you a happy holiday and the best of new year. Bye-bye. Side note, this is just making me think about in in Puffs uh, when when Oliver's like, I erased my, my family's memory. Actually, I just turned their heads into oranges, but that'll have to do for now. <laughs> just imagining Marina yeah. trying to do this to James and him having an orange head. <laughs>